WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Tuesday morning on the 50,000 watt front porch. Great to be back with you here at 6 o'clock. You're just in time for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour two boaters still missing. More in one minute. In a moment, I'm live with Volusia County Sheriff Mike Chitwood, among other things, on the two mass shooting threats up his way and how this will play out next on Good Morning Orlando. 602 on News Radio 93.1. More than 135 volunteers enter another day in the search off Florida's East Coast for two missing firefighters. Brian McClooney and Justin Walker have not been seen since leaving on a fishing boat from Port Canaveral on Friday morning. Some of those volunteers have never met McClooney or Walker, but this man says that won't stop him from lending a hand. I would want somebody to come looking for me, and that's what we're all hell-bent on doing, is making sure that uh, these guys get home safe. While most volunteers are searching by sea or air, some are looking along the beaches for any clues to the men's whereabouts. Just do coastal searches. See if there's anything that we could find. Um, coolers. Life jackets. Life jackets fishing poles, anything that could possibly float off of a boat. Brian McClooney's wife, Stephanie, has identified a tackle box belonging to her husband that was found 50 miles off St. Augustine yesterday. The Coast Guard is now focusing its search on that area. Alan, we all hope and pray that they will be found and found alive. But in this age of high technology, why is it so hard to find missing boaters? I found some interesting information. We'll have it here in 10 minutes. All right, this news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The school year has just begun, and already a Central Florida student has been arrested for threatening a school mass shooting. Volusia County deputies say the teenager vowed to kill at least seven people at Seabreeze High in Daytona Beach while chatting with other players on an online video game platform. The FBI was able to track the young man down with his IP address. Investigators say he admits to making the comments, but he told them he was joking. Yeah, and this comes in the heel of the other guy uh, who said, you know, he wanted to kill 100 people uh, out of Volusia County, and they they have him held without bond. We're going to bring in the uh, top cop in Volusia County, Sheriff Mike Chitwood, on this in just a moment. Campus safety is the issue as a South Florida charter school faces tough questions today. Broward's school superintendent expects Championship Academy of Distinction officials to come to today's school board meeting with a long-term sustainable plan ensuring a certified safe schools officer is on campus every day. But that wasn't the case on the first day of classes last week and... We will move to shut down any school that is non-compliant. Robert Runcie last week told the MSD Public Safety Commission that the Davie School's contract with police did not guarantee 100% coverage. Championship Academy's armed security guard is set to undergo BSO training next month. Eric Rodriguez, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Democratic presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren is apologizing to the Native American community for the controversy surrounding her heritage. The Massachusetts senator spoke at a Native American presidential forum. Like anyone who's being honest with themselves, I know that I have made mistakes. I am sorry for harm I have caused. Warren faced backlash last year when test results found she was at most 164th Native American. 
NASCAR star Dale Earnhardt Jr. says he's thankful after he and his family survived a plane crash last week. In a statement, Earnhardt said he's blessed that everyone on board, including his wife, daughter, two pilots, and even his dog, walked away from the plane. The private jet bounced off the runway in East Tennessee after a hard landing and burst into flames. WFLA News time is 6.05. A pit bull fights off a six-foot shark to save his owner. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLAOrlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. Alan, as I recall, I think it was within the last week we had a pit bull, a hundred pounder that lost a battle with a gator. So we got a little payback here. Yeah, this is a shark that. This uh, is a shark, though. The pit bull. In terms off. of in terms of these, you know, the, these critters. We Predatory talk about critters. Thank you very much. Of which we have many. Anyway, interesting stuff there. The Bud Man back with you. Thanks to Yaffe for um, for hosting the show yesterday. He's now moved into the control room, and uh, he's alongside Melissa, is our executive producer. And Melissa, a.k.a. The Fox, will be taking your phone calls at 407-916-5400. And, of course, we have that text line always open, never busy, at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. So, um, oh, what's bugging the Bud Man? See for yourself. Follow us on social media. Search WFLA Orlando, WFLA Orlando, and get the inside info on my new constant companion on Good Morning Orlando. All right, an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Just two minutes away, it's 6.07 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines now. There are reports that economists in the Trump administration are now looking at ways to prevent a recession, including a possible payroll tax cut and other tax breaks. One White House official denying the reports on that payroll tax being considered, um, payroll tax cut. The president has dismissed the idea that the country could be headed for a recession, while at the same time saying the world is in a recession right now. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. Count on it here in Good Morning Orlando. Dave Ramsey, weekdays 3 till 5 p.m., News Radio 93.1. But heading around, Inspector Michael Yaffe and Melissa Fox with you until 9 o'clock. A very special thank you for um, the top cop in Volusia County, our old friend Sheriff Mike Shitwood, for getting up early and coming on with us at 10 after 6 this morning. Couldn't get you later because you, you had an appointment and other obligations. Sheriff, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning, Bud. How you doing? We're doing all right, but I know you're more than a little bit concerned in the wake of these two mass shooting threats we've been reporting on up in Volusia County. Do you have any new information on the investigation into either one of them before we go further? Now, the investigation is where we are. Uh, everything we've uncovered, we've put out publicly. Uh, it's concerning that this is becoming prevalent all over the country. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at Ohio and Connecticut and us, uh, if people didn't come forward, there's no doubt in my mind that there would have been an awful lot of people lost their lives this weekend. There's no question about it. The thing that concerns me, and I'd like to know based on your long experience in law enforcement and interfacing with the rest of the criminal justice system, the judiciary, etc., neither one of these people did anything, actually. They threatened it. 
This guy wicks. It looked like he was really in for doing it. They wanted to kill 100 people, he said, and he wanted to die and have fun doing it, and he's the most patient person in the world. That's absolutely frightening. The kid at Seabreeze is claiming that it was just a joke on social media here. So how, based on your experience, do you think these cases will be adjudicated? I mean, it's a second-degree felony punishable by up to 15 years in prison. What's the reality based on what you know as to what will actually happen with these two guys? I think you'll see two different ways the criminal justice system handles the 15-year-old. I think it's going to be more opt to lean toward probation and rehabilitation. Uh, In the Wicks case, uh, I think there is a real mental health component there with him. So I think that the system will treat him differently than it will the 15-year-old high school student. What do you think in his case an appropriate punishment would be based on what you now know? Uh, on Wicks, I think we absolutely positively have to have a mental evaluation done with him and start from there and move forward. Uh, because obviously, if, if history has taught us anything, Wicks fits the profile of almost every active shooter that we see. Uh, you know, he had lost his girlfriend. He lost his job. He has no money. He's depressed. He had a fascination with the most recent active killers, including the one he, he emulated or wanted to emulate, is the uh, the guy from Vegas. So coupled with all that, there has to be a mental health component in there, and then let's decide where we're going to go from there. Well, what do you think the chances are that he will be taken out of circulation in society for a long time, if not permanently? Or do you think it might be, you know, a year or two, uh, and then he's back out on the street, and who knows? I hate to be a pessimist, but I'll say there's a 50-50 shot that he does any jail time. Wow. This is Wicks, the one said the guy who said yep. I want to die shooting a hundred other people yep. to death. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. What needs to change here? Well, one of the things Florida Floridians should pat themselves on the back are is we're one of the few states that have risk protection orders. So when law enforcement comes in contact with these people that want to commit mass murder, kill themselves, kill cops, kill whoever, we have the ability to seize their firearms make sure they can purchase a firearm or own a firearm, and then get them in front of a judge and let the other end of the criminal justice system uh, do its job. And that is, if he needs jail time, let's send him to jail. If he needs mental health, let's get him to get him the mental health help, help, help that he needs. But the most important thing is he's on our radar now. You know, everybody knows about him. He'll be monitored as best as we can. Before I let you go here... As a law enforcement officer of long standing, I'd like to know your reaction and the reaction of the men and women on the Volusia County Sheriff's Office to the announcement by the New York City Police Chief that he is terminating immediately um, the officer, Daniel Pantaleo, who applied the illegal chokehold on Eric Garner that led to his death five years ago. A lot of cops in New York City feel sold out that the chief doesn't have their back. What's your take on it? Yeah, you know, I I read, and again, my only source of information is the New York Post, so take it for what it's worth with that. But what was disconcerting for me was when I read the judge advocates' quotes where the judge advocate accused the officers that came in for that internal hearing of being untruthful or unbelievable because their testimony did not match the medical evidence, and the medical evidence didn't match what they're taught taught in their patrol guide. So, you know, this isn't over yeah. yet. Obviously, the, the officer has filed a suit against the commissioner under New York law that will allow him a hearing now in front of a judge for the final 
disposition. I have to believe also, if, if I were a cop and, and the chief said, you know, he used to be on the street and he feels like if he were still on the street, he'd be mad at him for the decision to terminate Pantaleo, the officer here. I mean, uh, I mean, nobody wants to talk about it anymore. Of course, Pantaleo's white, Garner's black, so there is a racial component to this, and maybe they were afraid the city would blow up if they didn't fire Pantaleo. But the fact of the matter is, Garner was resisting arrest and was committing a crime, and the police needed to get a handle on him here. I don't know. It just seems like a firing is excessive and done out of fear. I don't, I don't disagree with anything you said. I mean, especially when you weren't indicted. You know, the criminal court system has said you've done nothing criminal. And, and you're right. This all goes back to the same thing that nobody wants to talk about, and that is you were lawfully being arrested and you resisted. And, yeah. and, and we see that all the time on the street. And then all of a sudden, it's the cops were excessive. Well, wait a minute. You were under a lawful arrest. You know, that's not the place to adjudicate the crime. The place to adjudicate the crime is in the courtroom, not on the street. So what do you tell your... Um your uh, your deputies in the wake of that go out follow your training give every we give you every tool and we train you if you stay within those parameters no matter what happens you're going to be fine Volusia County Sheriff Mike Chitwood again thank you so much on behalf of all of us and the team here and our listeners across Central Florida for getting up so early on these important issues. Have a great day, sir. We'll have you back. Thank you. You too, bud. Thank you for supporting law enforcement. You bet. And we do it, and we do it to the max. Your reaction to the Chitwood interview, 407-916-5400. Text us at 23680 in a moment. With all the high technology we have available, why do we see that it is so hard to find missing boaters at sea? This as we search for two, for two guys from, from Florida as we speak. It's amazing what is required and what is not required when you take a boat out in the open waters of the Atlantic. Tell you in a moment what we know. We'll get to it after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now in the gun control realm. The first Republican congressperson to back a bill seeking to ban assault weapons has stepped forward. New York Representative Pete King told the New York Daily News that they are the weapons of mass slaughter. Uh, King's bill would make it a crime to knowingly import, sell, manufacture, transfer, or possess semi-automatic assault weapons. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories throughout the morning for you. And good morning, Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. I got to tell you, I felt like it sucked my breath away, Yaffe, when I heard Chief uh, Volusia County Sheriff Mike Chitwood say that at 50-50 that that guy who threatened to kill 100 people, that young man out of Volusia County, ever does any jail time. The American people are not going to put up with this. We've got to have tougher laws that get these people out of circulation for longer periods of time. I know it's not going to be easy. I joked with you off air, and I wasn't, I was sort of joking, that we need a Guantanamo for these domestic terrorists here. Of course, stateside, you'd run up uh, against the Bill of Rights big time. Yeah, I don't but, think we're going to overthrow the Bill of Rights for that anytime you soon. You can't say, I don't care what he threatened, he didn't do anything. We can't lock him up. Or if we lock him up, we can't lock him up for long. And we're unprotected out there. You got a guy who says, I'm the most patient person in the world. The implication there is, I don't care how long it takes for me to get out. I will engineer the massacre. 
I threatened. And were it, and, and were it not for his ex-girlfriend, you know, turning him in off the text messages on this that he sent to her, as the chief said, you know, God knows what would have happened. Yeah, you know, we have laws on the books against inciting violence, and some people can even go to jail for that, but they might not go to jail for something like this. The sheriff really didn't have a solution to this problem, but I think you're right. The solution is laws. We need to pass a law that makes it illegal to do something like this, and if you do it, you go to jail. We the people need to demand that. I mean, on the books in Florida, this mass shooting threat is a second-degree felony up to 15 years in prison. That up to, I'm sorry, there's too much slack there. There's too much slack there because it can lead to no jail time, which in the case of this guy, Wicks, Allen, is what uh, Sheriff Chitwood says, 50-50, this guy never does a day in jail. You know, these threats, it's like yelling fire in a crowded theater to me. You know, you're, you're going online in front of, you know, who knows how many people and saying, well, I'm going to go to this school, I'm going to go to this location, yeah. I'm going to shoot this many people, and, uh, you know, for this to go unpunished, uh, and unpunished severely, um, I think is a big mistake. Boy, I guess so. You had the story at the top of the hour, and we continue to follow it, of these uh, these two Florida men, Brian McClooney and uh, Justin Walker, lost at sea, went fishing off Brevard County back in Friday, haven't been found yet. There was a bag belonging to McClooney was found floating yesterday off St. Augustine. Um, with all the high technology we have, all of these stories, in the Coast Guard, with all they have, high technology, they scan tens of thousands of square miles sometimes on these searches and either find or don't find somebody. You know, they have the technology. The problem is the boaters are not required to carry high technology. I looked it up in Florida here. I mean, hey, when it comes to a life jacket, the kids under six have to wear them. It's mandatory. You got to have them in the boat for an adult, but they're, it's at your own discretion whether you want to wear them, which I think is just crazy personal flotation devices for adults optional here for any reasonable size boat, including the 24 footer that these guys were out in here. All you need in terms of communication um, and emergency communication capability is a visual distress signal that'll last three days. These are flares and then non flare substitutes like you know, one orange distress flag, one electric SOS signal. It's amazing to me. And also, you got to have a horn or a whistle. Well, good luck if you're out there in the open ocean and you can't see land. Nobody's going to be able to hear you no matter how hard you blow on the whistle or the horn, for mm. God's sake. It's amazing to me that it isn't required and, you know, built into boats that there is a receiving and transmitting device you know, that, that, that survives getting swamped out at sea. It, 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 and it's not there, and it's not required. Does that make any sense in 2019 to anybody? It does not make sense to me at all. I mean, we've got the technology. Why is it not being used? Why isn't it enforced as a law that uh, these, these uh, craft uh, should be equipped yeah. with uh, those devices? Yeah. I mean, you can talk to me all you want about personal freedom, you know. But for God's sakes, I mean, you don't even have to put on a life jacket as an adult. And they don't have any of this high technology that's available mandated in these boats. It's crazy, Melissa. I don't want to be crass, but you buys your ticket, you takes your chances. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, look at look at what the, the, the families are going through. Look what the Coast Guard look is going cost. through here. You're right. 
But the thing is, say it has a beacon or some sort of a, a device that could be picked up and then the boat sinks. And those guys did put on their life jackets, which are required to be in the boat. And then they floated some 50 miles or further away from where that boat beacon is going off, mm-hmm. even if it could be seen from the bottom of the ocean. Again, there's so many variables. Yeah. You know I'm from an island, right? Yes, in Nantucket. But yeah. it seems to me we need to tighten up on this. We just need to tighten up on this. Well, you know, again, the ru- there are some rules in place, and it's a pretty big ocean out I there. I gotta tell you, I wouldn't go out in a boat unless I had that kind of technology. The heck with mandating it, from what I'm concerned. It's just basic common sense and survival, for goodness sakes. You know, a horn and a whistle and a flare, that's not gonna get it. In 2019, a launch is coming up at the Cape this week, and a Kissimmee man gets pasta for life. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It is 6.30. The Bud Man here, and alongside me, my co-host Alan Spector to get us up to date on the news. And I guess with a little bit of luck, maybe weather and uh, and technically, uh, the rocket's red glare visible later on this week out of the Cape. Bud, United Launch Alliance is scheduled for its second launch this month. Coming up Thursday at Cape Canaveral, liftoff of a Delta IV rocket carrying a GPS navigation satellite is planned for 9 a.m. Again, that's Thursday, and weather forecasters expect a 70% chance of favorable conditions. Meanwhile, Vice President Mike Pence is chairing a meeting of the National Space Council today at the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. On the agenda, deep space exploration, possible cooperation with international partners, and strengthening U.S. commercial space leadership. The gathering comes as a motley crew of NASA skeptics push an unconventional plan to send Americans back to the moon. Politico reports former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, retired Air Force Lieutenant General Steve Quast, and a former publicist for both Michael Jackson and Prince are pushing a sweepstakes between billionaires Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and others to vie for a chance to establish a lunar base. In Washington, Rachel Sutherland, Fox News. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A day after the two-year anniversary of the deaths of two Kissimmee police officers, the trial of the accused killer began. Jury selection got underway yesterday for Marine veteran Everett Miller. He's charged with the deaths of Sergeant Sam Howard and Officer Matthew Baxter, who were shot and killed while on patrol August 18, 2017. Fallout continues following the New York City Police Commissioner's decision to fire Officer Daniel Pantaleo, following the arrest and death of Eric Garner in 2014. Pantaleo was accused of using an illegal chokehold during that arrest. Garner's mother, Gwen Carr, says the fight is far from over. It's just disheartening to go through this. And like we said, we're not finished. We have other officers that we have to go after. Pantaleo's attorney is vowing to take legal action to get his client's job back. The ruling received praise from many local leaders, but was blasted by the head of the police union. And we will debate whether or not Officer Pantaleo should have been fired by the chief or not. Coming right up. Olive Garden fans might envy a Kissimmee man. Angelo Minerva found out last week he won the restaurant chain's never-ending pasta pass. That allows the 25-year-old to get free pasta for life, along with soup, salad, and breadsticks. Now, Minerva does not plan to go pasta crazy, saying he does not want to put Olive Garden out of business. (laughs) Another lifetime pass went to an Orlando resident and a third to a person in Rockledge. But those customers are not yet identified by Olive Garden owner Darden Restaurants. Boy, what a deal, huh? 
That'd be hard to have discipline if you got a gig like that. Pasta for life. No, you'd just be swinging by any Olive Garden. Let me go. Oh, man. Let me pull in. I'm telling you right now, in a couple of years from now, you'd be half the size of Wyoming, you know? WFLA <laughs> News Time is 637. If you miss any part of Good Morning Orlando, get caught up with our podcasts on iHeartRadio. Headlines out of Central Florida for you right now. Polk County may make a big change to protect government employees. Members of the county commission met with uh, Sheriff Grady Judd to discuss allowing government employees to be armed. Commissioner John Hall first proposed the idea a couple of months ago. He says that ideally trained law enforcement should be the first line of defense, but they can't always be there. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. So, five years ago, a black man on Staten Island, which is within New York City and the New York City Police Department's jurisdiction, it's one of the, um, one of the boroughs there, um, Eric Garner. Uh, was um, was committing a crime. Now, we're not talking about, you know, an, an armed robbery or something or a murder or whatever, but he was selling what they call loose cigarettes that are untaxed cigarettes right now, and that is illegal to do, and it was a high crime area, and the police went over there, and he said, don't touch me, don't touch me, and he, he resisted arrest, and he arrested he resisted it in a big way while clearly committing a crime. You know, and the police tried to get a handle on him, and arrest him and cuff him and get control of him, which they are certainly entitled to do uh, within limits. And a chokehold that had become illegal in the police department was applied by Officer Daniel Pantaleo to Eric Garner. Garner is a towering black man, and Pantaleo is a pretty good-sized white guy, so there's a racial component here. And and the way it went down, if you watch the video and all the testimony, etc., it, it was an illegal hold, and he said, I can't breathe, and he said it many, many times. But he had awful health problems of all kinds, and all of a sudden he was dead, all right? And uh, there's been a hue and cry that he ought to be fired. And yesterday, uh, James O'Neill, who was the police chief of New York City, made the decision ultimately. Keep in mind, um, the, 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 the state declined to prosecute. The feds didn't get involved at the Justice Department level. They didn't want to do it. And um, but it was recommended internally by a kind of an internal police trial that he be fired. And the chief went along with that yesterday, even though he said, I can understand some are going to be unhappy with this decision. And if I were a cop on the street like I once was, I'd probably be mad at me. Here is the chief. Every time I watch that video, I say to myself, as probably all of you do, to Mr. Garner, don't do it. Comply. Officer Pantaleo. Don't do it. But an officer's choices and actions, even made under extreme pressure, matter. The unintended consequence of Mr. Garner's death must have a consequence of its own. Therefore, I agree with the Deputy Commissioner of Trials' legal findings and recommendations. It is clear that Daniel Pantaleo can no longer effectively serve as a New York City police officer. There are absolutely no victors here today, not the Garner family, not the community at large, and certainly not the courageous men and women of the police department. Today is a day of reckoning, but can also be a day of reconciliation. You know, there's a part of me that the chief was worrying that maybe the city would go up in flames if the white cop got off with the death of the, the black guy who was committing a crime and resisting arrest and there was an illegal 
chokehold applied to him. Is that why the decision was made the way it is? Do we have a rogue cop in Panaleo who was always trouble and had a, and had an issue with race? No indication of that. He has made 289 arrests over his 13-year career with no issues except this one time. The head of the police union is angry at the chief for not having the cops on the streets back. Here is the head of the union, Patrick Lynch, New York City. To basically say that he followed the politics rather than the rule of law and the evidence is absolutely embarrassing. To try to say I was a cop for 34 years, but now I'm the commissioner, I go by different rules, is absolutely wrong. He has more of a responsibility to sometimes stand alone and make a proper, appropriate decision. He decided instead not to do that. He decided to run to the corner that has the loudest crowd. And that would be the Garner side of the argument. So, should Pantaleo have been fired or not? I think he should have been disciplined. But I'm not at all sure that an otherwise exemplary cop should have been canned. As the head of the union said there, you know, there are other forces at work here beyond objective justice. It's a terrible tragedy that Eric Garner is dead. But keep in mind, Eric Garner is alive if he is not involved in criminal activity and complies with a reasonable police demand that he submit to arrest. Keep that in mind. Nobody wants to say that. Should the cop have been fired or not? Andrew and Ken will be hearing from you in a moment, but I haven't heard from you yet. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. You're next after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. This headline out of Washington, the Pentagon says the U.S. has conducted its first test of a cruise missile since pulling out of the intermediate-range missile treaty with Russia. Officials have confirmed the missile was launched at San Nicolas Island in California. A Defense Department statement says the missile hit its target. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes on our top stories are promised on Good Morning Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Kathy, Melissa, what about it? Did the police commissioner do the right thing after five years in firing the officer who applied the illegal chokehold uh, to Eric Garner, and uh, subsequently Garner died? You know, I'm actually kind of torn on this because they did determine that it was an illegal chokehold. But, um, you know, Garner was a big guy, and he was resisting arrest. And it's obvious that the officer wasn't trying to kill him or anything. He was just trying to take him down to arrest him. And this officer had not been convicted, like you said, by in, you know any of the courts. He was a top cop. Yeah, he was a top cop. So I think the problem I have with this, I think this is a lot to do with politics. I think the city leaders wanted to placate to uh, certain constituencies, and they did this to for politics. I think they're afraid that the city would have erupted in riots in minority communities within New York City if they had let this um, this, this cop stay on the force. And I, I think that was a factor, even though they won't admit it. That's my opinion. I don't know that. Of course, I'm here. They're there. Melissa? So you're saying pandering. Yeah, I think you're right. No, I think it's fear. Not well, either way. And political correctness and everything else that gets put into the stew here. Mm. Yeah. Your thoughts on it? What about it? 
Well, I just I think that uh, there's a lot more involved than we're seeing on the surface. I know that the Garner, uh, the guy who died, was told repeatedly to stop selling these loose cigarettes on the corner. So there was confrontation prior. Again, if we see one thing, we don't know what happened before, and we certainly have only know what happened afterwards. Yeah. and that was a yeah. It's a very it's a very, it's a very tough story. There's yeah. no question, you know. And uh, let's go to Ken in Hawthorne, and then to Andrew. Good morning to you, Ken. Good morning. Uh, I agree with the previous caller. You can clearly see that Eric Garner outweighed the police officer by at least a hundred pounds, and I think that Eric Garner is sixty percent at fault for the actions that were taken, and uh, the, I think that the mayor and the governor of the state of New York and the city of New York, uh, they're the ones that issued the order to the chief of police to put a stop to these cigarettes being sold without getting taxes. And the, uh, so they should share 20% of the fault for Eric Garner. Not, first off, the police officer had no way of knowing that the man had a respiratory problem. All right, let me, let me, he did. He had a lot of health problems. Very quickly, Ken, if you're the commissioner in New York City, what happens to Pantaleo? Uh, I think that he should be rep, should have been reprimanded. One of the things that never... But not fired, but not fired, right? ...on this is the fact that the family got $2.3 million in compensation. And uh, granted, that's not going to bring Eric Garner back to life. But the long and short of it is that Eric Garner, if he wouldn't have resisted, he'd be alive today. Thank you, Ken, very much. Not seeing it that way, our old friend Andrew from Orlando. You're on with a bud man. Welcome back to the show. I'm always with the show. I just don't get in. But um, good morning, bud. Um, let's simply, let's start like this. Let's take race out of it. See, you started off saying black man, big black man. Forget the race, forget the size. I think it's hard to do that with this case, but, but go well, ahead, we Andrew. Have, we have to do that going forward. And, you know, from, from here on, we have to take race out of things. We're all human. But anyways, um, yes, Eric was wrong for selling the cigarettes. And, um... The cop was, I mean, it's just like an illegal move. It's like, you know, these illegals coming into the country. And why, 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 would, why would he be resisting arrest, though, Andrew? But, I mean, the cop, I mean, of course, people are, are resist arrest. Um, the cop could have waited for more help to come. But the whole thing, you use the move that was illegal. I mean, I have no problem with them arresting right. him or whatever, but you used an illegal move. That, so, that's so, what gets him. So he should have been fired, is what you're saying. I, 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, you fire. I mean, good thing you didn't go to jail for using an illegal move. You know, so people are going to say he should have been reprimanded and this and that. Yeah. I think him being fired, he still get to go home to his family. He still get to make a living maybe doing something else. Um, he's free, you know. Um, Understand where you're coming from, Andrew, and we thank you. Quick run through the highlights on a very busy text line. Yes, uh, our texters are actually split on this as well. One texter said, yes, he should have been terminated. There are other means to take down someone resisting arrests than the way he did it. And because of his actions, a man is dead. I'm totally ba back in the blue. I'm pro-law enforcement. However, this man was armed with nothing but cigarettes. Did he resist? Sure. Add that to the charge. Let him do time for it. There were multiple officers, but only one gardener. Their lives were not in danger. Choking him out to the point where he died was unnecessary. There we go. I appreciate the input here. Wish we could have gotten everybody involved, but I need to stay on the clock or I run afoul of the man to my left here, our co-host Alan Spector, who's worked real hard on the 7 o'clock news and is about ready 
to bring it to us. What I do you am. Got? I am, bud. Two boaters still missing off Florida's east coast and another mass shooting threat in Volusia County. We've got those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together just two minutes away on Good Morning Orlando, 7 o'clock now. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Tuesday at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic once again on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour the ocean search continues. More in one minute. And what would be justice for the two young men making threats of mass shootings in Volusia County? Attorney Jeff Kaufman on that next on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 93.1. The search continues off Florida's East Coast for two missing firefighters. Brian McClooney of Jacksonville and Justin Walker from Virginia were last seen leaving Port Canaveral in a fishing boat on Friday. Jacksonville Fire Chief Keith Powers says rescue efforts are now focused on an area where a discovery was made yesterday morning. An offshore angler fishing bag was found about 50 nautical miles east of St. Augustine. This bag was found by a civilian searcher who came into our area to assist. Brian McClooney's wife confirms the fishing bag belongs to her husband, but Stephanie McClooney is not giving up hope. These gentlemen have the strongest wills in survival, so there's no reason to hold back search efforts. More than 135 volunteers have joined that search. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Volusia County Sheriff says that because people saw something and said something, tragedy was averted. Sheriff Mike Chitwood telling Good Morning Orlando last hour. If people didn't come forward, there's no doubt in my mind that there would have been an awful lot of people lost their lives this weekend. Chitwood referring to the case of Tristan Wicks, the 25-year-old arrested Friday after texting an ex-girlfriend that he wanted to shoot as many people as he could in a crowd. Chitwood says Wicks needs to have a mental health evaluation before deciding how his criminal case should move forward. Yeah, we talk with the sheriff about um, how long ultimately he might wind up being put away. And it was frightening when he said 50-50 chance this guy will never do any jail time. We're going to talk about the laws and what needs to be changed, if anything, with Attorney Kaufman in a moment. Yeah, and Chitwood's department has since arrested a teenager for threatening a school mass shooting. Volusia County deputies say the kid was chatting on an online video game platform when he vowed to kill at least seven people at Seabreeze High in Daytona Beach. The Trump administration is pushing back against those who believe the United States is heading for a recession. Although some economists are warning that a U.S. recession may be a possibility in the next 18 months, President Trump, by contrast, doesn't think a recession is on the horizon. Vice President Mike Pence in Detroit touting the strength of the U.S. economy. The unemployment rate has dropped to a near 50-year low. We've seen the lowest unemployment rates for African Americans and Hispanic Americans ever recorded. The American dream is working again for every American. Economic weakness in Europe and the U.S. trade war with China have created much uncertainty, but U.S. consumer spending, which makes up more than two-thirds of GDP, jumped 4.3% in the second quarter. At the White House, John Decker, Fox News. A central Florida county may become more dog-friendly today. The 
Volusia County Council discuss allowing restaurants to have yappy hours. That's when customers are allowed to have their dogs with them in outdoor seating areas. County Chair Ed Kelly saw a similar law adopted when he was mayor of Ormond Beach, and he says he knows of no problems that have come from it. Is that yaffy hour? That's what I heard. Yes, yappy. They just hang out with yaffy, and and, and everybody's happy. (laughs) We already have yaffy hour every day here on WFLA 5 Uh, to 6 p.m. P.M. Orlando, I'm sorry. This would be yappy hour. But, you know, Mike's show is dog-friendly. You are are allowed to bring your dogs. (laughs) This is true, or your cats. You know, we like cats, too. It's it's even going to the dogs a couple of times. But not often. A couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) WFLA News Time is 7.07. A Delta flight delayed for eight hours gets ugly. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Passengers started throwing punches. The story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLAOrlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. The Bud Man, Alan, Yappy, <coughs> Yaffy, and the Fox with you until 9 o'clock. It's been a while since we've had the pleasure of the company of noted local attorney Jeff Kaufman. And uh, this guy knows the law at all levels and from all angles. And, uh, you know, when I see and now I hear from Sheriff Chitwood in Volusia County that he doesn't believe this guy who threatened to kill 100 people in Volusia County, it's only 50-50 that he'll ever do a day in jail. Something seems wrong with the law and the criminal justice system. And I would like to get Attorney Kaufman's um, take on that. And then we want to open up the phones and the text line and ask you, you to be the judge. What would justice be for this Tristan Wicks who made these serious threats that have him being held now without bond, wanted to kill a hundred people. Volusia County. What kind of time should he do? What would justice be if you were the judge? 407-916-5400 and the text line open at 23680 with standard message and data rate supply. And we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. 709 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines. While we are talking about the scourge of modern America, mass shootings, the man accused of killing 22 at an El Paso Walmart's on suicide watch now. The El Paso Times reports Patrick Crucius being monitored on the advice of medical staff at the county jail. The 21-year-old has been kept apart from other inmates and has his own cell. Updates at least every 10 minutes for you on our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. History shows us that when these mass shooters survive, that the criminal justice system does a pretty good job, you know, of either assigning them the death penalty or life in prison without the possibility of parole. But now we have the rising tide of these threats when nobody actually got to do what has been threatened. And I fear that the criminal justice system is not able or willing or well-equipped to hand out the kind of justice and the long sentences that would protect you and me, the law-abiding public. And I'm concerned enough that I reached out to our old friend, noted attorney, 
Jeff Kaufman from the Kaufman Lind Law Firm here in Orlando to talk about this. And welcome back to the 50,000-watt front porch. And from all of us, uh, Jeff, good morning to you. Thanks. Appreciate it. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. So up in in um, Volusia County, we have one threat considered serious enough by this young guy, Tristan Wicks, that he wanted to kill 100 people from a range of three miles and break the world record for the longest confirmed kill ever, um, that a nice 100-kill number would be what he wants. These were text messages to his ex-girlfriend. She turned him in. Thank God for that. And he says, I've got a location picked out, and I am the most patient person in the world. The other threat at high school by a minor there, uh, he says it was a joke. We'll see how it goes. Sheriff Chitwood of Volusia County told me in the 6 o'clock hour, um, Attorney Kaufman, that uh, he thinks it's only 50-50 that this guy, Wicks, who threatened to kill 100 people, will ever do a day behind bars. Something seems wrong to me if that's the way the system is. What are your thoughts? I'm, I'm not quite sure I agree with him in this case. I think anytime somebody, what's happening in the state of Florida is what they call Baker acting. It means anytime somebody is a threat to himself or other people, they have to do an evaluation. And that's what's going to happen in this case. In fact, it's already been, it's already been set up. There's going to have a risk protection hearing actually August 30th to go over everything that they've uh, discovered from this uh, young man. Yeah, but how long could they hold him before they had to put him back, you know, into circulation uh, under under a Baker Act? That that that's not something that that's a long term proposition, as I understand it. A year, two, five, ten, twenty, or whatever. We know that making these mass threats, uh, mass shootings, is a second degree felony, punishable by up to fifteen years in prison, which could also mean no jail time. What happens with this guy moving forward? And and do we have laws that are equipped? to protect the public from these people getting back in circulation? Well, most, most crimes involve what they call general intent, which means that he had the ability to understand his action. Now, in this case, there's nothing in here that says he doesn't understand his action. So I'm not quite sure I support the sheriff's feeling that it's going to be, that it's a 50-50 shot. There's nothing in here that says that he has a mental issue. The only thing in here is that, you know, Baker acting allows for a 72-hour involuntary hold. That's on top of what he's already being held now for mm. on the no bail. But how long can they hold him, in your opinion? And, and if this thing, you know, winds up working its way through the court system, you know, what kind of a verdict, what kind of a sentence do you think is realistic? I, I don't see anything in his history to show that, that he didn't understand what he was doing. I mean, he was calling a girl. He was obviously trying to get some sympathy from her because in his statements, he says that, uh, oh, well, I was hoping to find somebody I could love by now. If not, I'm ready to go out in a, in a, you know, in a ball of fire. Basically. Right. Uh, I don't see anything in here that he doesn't say, well, I'm hearing voices. I, I have a mental issue. Wanting to kill a lot of people uh, doesn't make you insane. It just makes you bad. <laughs> it's it's that's what we're talking about here. You don't automatically get to bleed insanity. So is there some hope then, in your view, not knowing how this will proceed ultimately, but based on your long experience in the law and in courtrooms, is there some hope that ultimately this guy would be sentenced under the charge of a second degree felony to the max of 15 years in prison? Is there hope that that can happen with this guy? I don't believe they're going to max him out. I don't believe he has a history. All, all, all felonies in the state of Florida, for example, has a point system. 
and they do it based on uh, past history, past crimes, uh, the actual ability to do something. So I think in this case, I think there's a good chance he will do some time. Uh, I doubt it would be the 15-year maximum, though. What would be your What would be your window? Your guess, minimum, maximum. What do you think? I think I think judges are elected officials, and I think he would be very scared that God forbid this guy actually was serious and he gave him a small sentence, and later on the guy killed a lot of people. I would say uh, probably three to five. If if this if this judge is really taking these things seriously, all right. Attorney Kaufman, I wish we had more time, but it's great to hear your voice again, and we hope to have you back again. If you want to reach out to Jeff and his team at the Kaufman and Lynn Law Firm for any legal issue, it's Jeff at WhenYouNeedUs.com. Jeff at WhenYouNeedUs.com. Thank you so much for coming on. It's always good talking to you, bud. All right, there we go. Now, you be the judge. What is justice for a serious threat of mass murder? That's what we have here being held on bond, this guy, Tristan Wicks in Volusia County, and uh, going to be Baker acted, evaluated, etc. You're the judge. What happens to this guy? You know, if I'm the judge, we max him out. There's no question about it, and even 15 years won't be enough to make me comfortable. 407-916-5400, text message uh, 23680 on the text line. Rips my heart out to think a guy like this could get back in circulation again. Doesn't it, you? Let's talk about it, shall we? For that guy who wanted to kill 100 people out of Volusia County, you're the judge. What's the sentence? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680, where standard message and data rate supply. We'll get our team involved in this, but we'd like to hear from you. And we will right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic just in two minutes. Here on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines, they may be dead, but Jeffrey Epstein's still in the news. Reportedly has left all his money to his brother. The New York Post reporting the convicted sex offender signed a will just two days before killing himself in a Manhattan jail cell. It lists assets of nearly $580 million, including $56 million in cash. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. You know, gang, I get it. In a free society, it's a very tough, tight rope that we walk here. And when somebody threatens mass murder but never lays a hand on a soul, nobody wounded, nobody dead... The law may say it can put him away for 15 years, but Attorney Kaufman agrees with me in the case of this guy, Tristan Wicks, if this proceeds the way we think it will, he'll get far less than that. He predicts three to five, but that doesn't leave me feeling very comfortable when the guy says I'm I'm the most patient guy in the world. What happens when he gets out again? What do you do with these people? What do you do? You can't, the way our system is, Yaffe, you cannot take them out of circulation forever, which is exactly what in Budtopia would happen. Yeah, I mean, it it really depends on the situation, too, because as Kaufman say, says, there's a difference between someone who's mentally ill and someone who's joking or someone who just has malice or anger. Well, he says there's no sign this guy's mentally ill, all right? So let's right. assume he gets, you know, Baker Act that he's fine in that regard, just has a lot of hate in his heart and, and you know, and a death wish as well, wants to go out in glory. Um, you know, you want to max out on a guy like that. 
But, yeah. but I'm sorry. I, 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 I see defense attorneys saying he didn't do anything. You can't put somebody away for 15 years, let alone for life, if they didn't do anything. That's not America. And I get that, too. Well, I mean, like I said, the best solution is to pass a law that has strict requirements on the penalties. You know, we had minimum sentencing laws for other crimes in the past. We need to have something like this here. There has to be some kind of punishment. I said it last hour. This is if you get online and start making threats uh, or wherever you do, it's like uh, yelling fire in a crowded theater. You can't do that. And uh, there has to be some kind of ramifications. I think there also has to be a floor as well as a ceiling in terms of time. You know, I mean, up to 15 years could be no jail time. Okay. Yeah. All right. And and we, I think we need to revise that. I, th- I think we need to have a, a, a floor as well as a ceiling. And we have to have a, a floor, a minimum sentence that's much, much higher than, than what we have now. Right. I mean, the laws are on the books, like you said, okay? So you can't be just yelling fire in a crowded building. You can't make these threats nowadays. And they make sure to protect the company, like the, uh, you know, the phone company or wherever the threat comes through. They save them like they're not responsible for letting it happen. But the people are responsible. And if they're scaring folks and there's a threat, then they need to be properly reprimanded. Yeah, And I don't think they, generally speaking, are now if they didn't actually accomplish um, what they threatened to do. Texters are weighing in, as always. What do you see? Yeah, one person agrees with you and Alan says, if we continue to allow people to threaten to kill others without doing anything, we're just waiting for the next shooting to happen. Uh, it says law enforcement and our legal system will be 100% to blame for a lack of action. Another one says it's ridiculous. The guy was turned in by an ex-girlfriend for talking like an idiot. He had uh, 22 and 400 rounds of ammo. They sell round, ammo in 550-round boxes. You don't see the abuse of rights to arrest people without a crime. Yeah, well, there's that side of the issue. No question about it. The Jeffrey Epstein case crosses the pond, and the NFL deals with Helmetgate. Those stories and others, plus elsewhere and traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 731 on Good Morning Orlando. Normally on our show, you hear Alan Spector, my co-host, set the table for me on a talk topic. Not often I get to set the table for you, but I just did it. I appreciate that, bud. As you just reported, Jeffrey Epstein reportedly signed a will two days before committing suicide in his jail cell, leaving all his money to his brother. Meanwhile... Britain's royal family is rejecting claims that Prince Andrew had a part in Epstein's alleged sex crimes. The denial comes amid a newly surfaced video obtained by the Daily Mail. Footage from 2010 supposedly shows the Duke of York inside Epstein's New York City mansion, opening the front door, waving goodbye to a young brunette leaving the home. Several other women are reportedly seen coming and going from the residence. This allegedly took place about a year and a half after Epstein finished a 13-month prison term for soliciting child prostitution. A statement from Buckingham Palace reads, quote, The Duke of York has been appalled by the recent reports of Jeffrey Epstein's alleged crimes. Brian Yenis, Fox News. Not sure if that was the royal wave he gave to the young lady. I don't know. I'm wondering if the queen's going to take him to the woodshed. We'll see. Yeah, this news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A contract worker at Orlando International Airport is accused of going on a big shopping spree with stolen credit cards found in a missing purse that had been left on an airport tram. 32-year-old Leslie Marie Garcia is charged with fraudulent use of credit cards, unlawful possession of stolen credit cards, and larceny. Garcia allegedly charged thousands of dollars at several businesses. 
And there was also a $500 gold bracelet in that purse. Polk County may make a big change to protect government employees. Members of the county commission met with Sheriff Grady Judd last week to discuss allowing government employees to be armed. Commissioner John Hall first proposed that idea over two months ago. He says that ideally, trained law enforcement should be the, last, the first line of defense, but they can't always be there. And another chapter is about to unfold in the NFL saga known as Helmetgate. One week after having his grievance against the NFL rejected over his seeking to use his old helmet, Oakland Raiders receiver Antonio Brown has filed a new one. According to multiple reports Monday, Brown's agent Drew Rosenhaus discussed the ongoing battle over the wideout's longtime headgear on the herd with Colin Coward, saying this has nothing to do with his new team. This is really more a byproduct of him just wanting to have the right safety equipment that he's worn his entire career. Brown reported to Raiders training camp Monday, A.B. had obtained a helmet he was seeking to wear and had been working with the NFL for the past week trying to get it okayed for in-game use. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. And he just lays them up and play and shut up. I mean, I'm tired of this stuff. Yeah. You know, I am. I it, agree. Interesting, though, that uh, he was that helmet was grandfathered in last season yeah. along with the helmets of... Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers and your guy, New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady. Who says he's having trouble getting used to it, but he's going along with the rules because they've upgraded the safety requirements. That's good for the players, Brown included. Makes, We're trying to keep them from, you know, being able to know their name 15 years from now. Yeah, makes sense to me. Elsewhere. All right, we'll move over Old Town Road. There's a new sheriff in town. I'm the bad guy. Duh. This song, Bad Guy, by Billie Eilish, has knocked the reigning champ Old Town Road from the number one spot on Billboard's Hot 100 chart. As we've told you, Old Town Road by Billy Ray Cyrus and Lil Nas X broke the record for the longest time spent at the top of the Hot 100 with a 19-week stay. Eilish, meanwhile, becomes the first artist. This is going to make you feel old, bud. And it's going to make Yaffe feel old. That's not easy to do. Eilish becomes the first artist born in the 2000s to have a number one single on the Hot 100. That did it, didn't it, Yaffe? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Really? You're 17. Right? Hey, you date all the way back to the 80s now. You're <laughs> getting up there a little. I know. <laughs> a New Jersey woman says the unsettling discovery of a clown doll in her backyard left her so scared she slept with a knife. The doll apparently made its way onto her Harrington Park property and she called police. Reports indicate it was a plush doll designed to look like Pennywise from the Stephen King movie, It. We all float down here. The frightened oh. woman says she burned the doll completely to ashes, calling the discovery creepy. By the way, next month, It Chapter 2 hits theaters. Yay! A sequel to 2017's film adaptation of King's killer clown novel. Seems to me I heard something in the news uh, that they're finding these clowns all over the place. And they're yeah. freaking people out. Do you Publicity. think it's all to do with the upcoming movie? Yeah. Is that what's going on here? No, it has to do with uh, the evil spirit, Pennywise, that's haunting people. Okay, mm. I got Not it. Not the movie. All right. We all float down here. All right. <laughs> I always get to get perspective from an old timer like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guy's been around. He knows. <laughs> Finally, a Florida man. Oh, boy. A Florida man is in custody for allegedly using his pants to steal steaks. 
St. Augustine police say 61-year-old Michael Owens walked into a Publix and shoved two packs of steaks down his pants. Surveillance video recorded Owens in the act, and he was caught as he tried to exit the store. Investigators say the man thought he would be removed from the store but not arrested for taking the steaks. Publix customers will be happy to know that the steaks, worth about $56, were not put back on store shelves after spending time in <laughs> They Owen's didn't just wipe pants. them off and place them back? Maybe oh, put yeah. them on sale? Just hose them down, <laughs> put them back. Yeah. Gives a Discount. new meaning to the term deep pockets. And meat pants. I don't know. Maybe if they did buy one, get one free, I'd consider it. <laughs> Find more mean- on... These. Every man has his price. A BOGO and you're in, right? Find more on these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page oh, at WFLAOrlando.com. By the way, the Elsewhere podcast is now available on iHeartRadio. Breaking news. Yeah. This what? is big. What? Yeah, just Say that again, Alan. We need to hear this again. Once is not enough. The podcast Elsewhere with Alan Spector is now officially on the iHeartRadio app. And what happens when we go to it? Do we just get one after another? You can binge listen to podcasts of elsewhere. Yes, you can. Wow. You can go back days and days and days and listen to all these stories over and over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) All you do is look for elsewhere. With Alan Spector. You know, everybody has a podcast. I mean, there is Elsewhere with you, Alan, the wacky news from our zany news guy. And then there's Good Morning Orlando podcast. Catch the latest topics on your terms anytime you want. PM Orlando for the ride home, hosted by Yaffe, the Voice of Reason podcast. Connections with Melissa Fox, relationship advice and healthy living as only she can bring it. You can follow us all. The whole team here on the 50,000-watt front porch on the iHeartRadio app. Just go to WFLAOrlando.com for more details. In a moment, want to go to what's billed as the funniest night in America? We can all use some laughs, but this is for a great patriotic cause. And you're going on us if you are today's Sound Judgment winner We are playing the game right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in just two minutes. Stick around on Good Morning Orlando. This uh, concerning headline on the medical front for you now, a new study shows fluoride exposure may be affecting intelligence in children. The fluoridation of water, which reduces cavities as well as socioeconomic disparities in dental disease and has been, you know, part of the water supply for years, may, they say, now be linked to lower IQs in kids. The study has found that fluoride exposure during pregnancy was associated with lower scores in children ages 3 to 4. I have to get Dr. Kronhaus to comment on that on the house call during Thursday's 8 o'clock hour. Updates at least every 10 minutes for you on our top stories, and we do it all morning on Good Morning Orlando. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Melissa, I'm ready with a sound judgment question, and you're ready with the prize we're playing for. It's actually a very cool, funny prize. It's a four-pack of tickets to the funniest night in America. It's presented by Laughs for the Troops, Friday, September 20th at 8 o'clock at the Claremont Performing Arts Center. Laughs for the Troops. It's an event that brings people together in laughness, but it's laughter, but it's there to create awareness for post-traumatic stress disorder 
And we've got some great comedians lined up. Happy Cole, Tommy Drake, Phil Polisol, Tom Brown. He's the founder. And also Consuela Ivy is going to be at this one. You can register to win a VIP four-pack, too. Go to WFLAOrlando.com slash contest. Or just win your four-pack right now during sound judgment. Yeah, and the toll-free is still open. Grab it quick at 866-916-5400. On the regular line, um, if you're trying to get in, wait for a wrong answer and be quick, and you can still get in at 407-916-5400. Classical music history was made on this date, August 20th, 1882, when a famous piece we all know was played in public for the very first time. We all look forward to hearing this masterpieces every 4th of July, complete with cannons firing, even though the music has nothing at all to do with America. For today's sound judgment game, listen to the rousing sounds of the final seconds of this composition, then use your sound judgment to name this piece and give me the last name of the composer who wrote it. and give me the composer's last name and you're our winner. Line one, you're up. Go ahead. The Ninth Symphony, Beethoven. No. No, but the line's open at 407-916-5400. Skipping up to line four. Name that piece and the last name of the composer and turn the radio down, please. Okay. Got to turn the radio down. Listen to the phone, right? Okay. 800 uh, line toll free right now. Go ahead. Give me the composer's last name. Name the piece. Sousa. What? John Philip Sousa. No. No. You hear this? They play it on the 4th of July all the time. The cannons playing and the whole deal. Line one, name the piece and the last name of the composer. Go ahead, line one. Okay. Line three, you're up next. We got to move. Go ahead, line three. 1812, uh, William Tell, uh, Overture. Name the composer. Uh, William Tell. No, no. Let's go to line four. Name the piece. Name the composer. Uh, The 1812 Overture by Strauss. No. One out of two. (laughs) 407-916-5400. I have about a minute here, and Rush is waiting over in the corner, and he wants to go on. I don't have much more time to play the game. Line three, I'm going to give you the last shot. Is it line three? Go ahead, line three. I don't have much more time. Yeah, all right. I'll go to line four. You're up. Go ahead, line four. Good morning, Bud. It's the 1812 Orchestra, uh, or 1812 by Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky. Yes, the 1812 Overture. Tchaikovsky. I, I wanted to say orchestra for some reason. No, we're going to give it to you because we want to give the prize away. That's close enough. Congratulations to you. What's your first name? Monica Bailey out. What's your first name? I'm sorry, say that again. Greg, G-R-E-G. All right, Greg, what town? I'm in Winter Garden. I love it. Western Orange County. Beautiful Winter Garden. I got to move because Rush is looking at me and he doesn't look happy. I'm running real late. I'll put you on hold, all right? Have a great day, bud. You too. Work it out with Melissa. By the way, that has nothing to do with the War of 1812 in America, Alan. 
It has to do with the Russians turning back Napoleon's invading army in 1812. Everybody well, thinks it's an American song. It's not. No, it's it's not. There you go. And I did not know the answer to the question, you I bombed. have to admit. You bombed. You got the song. You didn't get the composer. Headlines. President Trump raving about the economy, even after worries of a recession on Wall Street last week. On Twitter, the president said Democrats are trying to will the economy to be bad to use against him during the 2020 election. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. All morning for you and good morning, Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Alexa to play News Radio 93.1 from iHeartRadio. What's bugging the bud, man? It's my constant companion for the next six to eight weeks. See it for yourself. Follow us on social media. Just search WFLA Orlando and get the inside info on Good Morning Orlando. Stay right where you are and get the lowdown on what's happening for the ride home, Yaffe. Yes, the search continues for those firefighters who went on a boating trip and are lost at sea. We covered that yesterday, and if there's any breaking news on that today, we'll cover it on PM Orlando, 5 to 6 p.m. All right, and we hope and pray that uh, that they are found and found safely. But that ocean search continues, and a mass shooting is threatened at a Volusia school. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 8 o'clock on Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Tuesday at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here and now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM AM 540. And the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, two boaters still missing. More in one minute. What's bugging the Bud Man? Glad you asked. Trump on background checks. Omar and Tlaib on anything. All next on Good Morning Orlando. 8.03 on News Radio 93.1. More than 135 volunteers enter another day in the search off Florida's east coast for two missing firefighters. Brian McClooney and Justin Walker have not been seen since leaving on a fishing boat from Port Canaveral on Friday morning. Some of those volunteers have never met McClooney or Walker, but this man says that won't stop him from lending a hand. I would want somebody to come looking for me, and that's what we're all hell-bent on doing, is making sure that uh, these guys get home safe. While most volunteers are searching by sea or air, some are looking along the beaches for any clues to the men's whereabouts. Just do coastal searches. See if there's anything that we could find. Um, coolers. Life jackets. Life jackets. Fishing poles. Anything that could possibly float off of a boat. Brian McClooney's wife, Stephanie, has identified a tackle box belonging to her husband that was found 50 miles off St. Augustine yesterday. The Coast Guard is now focusing its search on that area. And McClooney is reported to have terrific uh, survival skills in particular. You know, we're pinning our hopes on uh, the fact that uh, somehow they're still out there and can be saved. His family and friends, especially his wife, Stephanie, still very hopeful. Mm -hmm. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
A Volusia teen will likely avoid serious trouble after threatening to shoot up his school in an online gaming chat room. I think it's going to be more opt to lean toward probation and rehabilitation. Sheriff Mike Chitwood told Good Morning Orlando earlier this morning that the 15-year-old claims he was just making a joke about an attack at Seabreeze High in Daytona Beach. The FBI was first alerted to the post and notified Volusia deputies who made the arrest. Campus safety is the issue as a South Florida charter school faces tough questions today. Broward's school superintendent expects Championship Academy of Distinction officials to come to today's school board meeting with a long-term sustainable plan ensuring a certified safe schools officer is on campus every day. But that wasn't the case on the first day of classes last week and... We will move to shut down any school that is non-compliant. Robert Runcie last week told the MSD Public Safety Commission that the Davie School's contract with police did not guarantee 100% coverage. Championship Academy's armed security guard is set to undergo BSO training next month. Erica Rodriguez, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Democratic presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren is apologizing to the Native American community for the controversy surrounding her heritage. The Massachusetts senator spoke at a Native American presidential forum. Like anyone who's being honest with themselves, I know that I have made mistakes. I am sorry for harm I have caused. Warren faced backlash last year when test results found she was at most 164th Native American. Be interesting to see, particularly she gets the nomination, you know, whether Trump still goes after her as Pocahontas or Pocahontas, we'll see. I don't think it's if, I think it's... <laughs> Inevitable? Yes. NASCAR star Dale Earnhardt Jr. says he's thankful after he and his family survived a plane crash last week. In a statement, Earnhardt said he's blessed that everyone on board, including his wife, daughter, two pilots, and even his dog, walked away from the plane. The private jet bounced off the runway in East Tennessee after a hard landing and burst into flames. WFLA News time is 8.07. A Texas police officer could face a traffic ticket after she's caught on video texting and driving. Oh, that story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Thanks, Alan, the Budman, along with Alan Spector, Mike Yaffe, and Melissa Fox with you until 9 o'clock. Uh, every once in a while, i got to get things off my chest. This is one of those times. Under the umbrella of what's bugging the Budman, the flip-flop I see Trump doing on background checks. Give us one consistent message, please, on this critically important Second Amendment issue, sir. And uh, Omar and Talib. Well, I think that the Democrat Party's, uh, you know, a big nightmare, main nightmare right now. Uh, my first inclination is to say, where's the off switch on these two? My second is to say, I don't want to find it, because if they keep on talking, the Democrats have got trouble. I see where you're coming from. Oh, yeah, and we'll talk about it more in a moment, Alan. Yeah, so I... uh, stay tuned. We'll get to that and see what you think right after... Yeah, an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on Good Morning Orlando. That's just two minutes away. You know, but I like the way you say every so often you need to get something off your chest. <laughs> With you, every so often is every five minutes. Yeah, just about. <laughs> yes, every morning, right here. 
between six and nine. Right now, it's... On and off the air. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. Come on now. Boy. Am, I, am I that tough off the air? Gee whiz, uh, I'm a putty cat. You don't, know I am. Don't get me started on the behind the scenes with Bud Hedinger. Ooh, nasty. It's 8.09 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now. There are reports economists in the Trump administration looking at ways to present, prevent rather, a recession, including a possible payroll tax cut and other tax breaks. One White House official, though, denying the reports. The president has dismissed the idea that this country could be headed into a recession, while at the same time saying the world is in a recession right now. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. And we keep it up here on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox. Good morning, Orlando. You're on the 50,000 watt front porch, and I got something to get off my chest here this morning. And it's not every five minutes on and off the air, but every now and then. And in this case, um, I got a lot on my chest. You know, I'm still on the Trump train, I backed the president. But I want him to be consistent, and it makes me crazy whenever he is not. And he has changed his public stance on more extensive background checks. And it's interesting, as you listen to this, keep in mind that the Fox poll that was taken after the massacres in Dayton and in El Paso showed extraordinary support across the political spectrum for universal background checks for gun sales, private sales, the whole deal. Universal background checks favored by 90% of all voters polled. 89% of Republicans supporting universal background checks. 92% of Democrats. 93% of households owning guns. You know, and that made sense to me that the president back on August 9th, just after the massacres in Dayton and El Paso, would have said this. We have tremendous support for really common sense, sensible, important background checks. There's been no president that feels more strongly about the Second Amendment than I do. However, we need meaningful background checks so that sick people don't get guns. Nine days later this past Sunday, the very same president on the very same question. People don't realize we have very strong background checks right now. You go in to buy a gun, you have to sign up. There are a lot of background checks that have been approved over the years. Uh, So I'll have to see what it is. But Congress is meeting bipartisan. A lot of people want to see something happen. But just remember this, big mental problem, and we do have a lot of background checks right now. So he's going back to, he wants to go to mental health, all right? got to get the people who are the whack jobs separated from guns, all right? Um, but not so much on universal background checks. i got to tell you, I've got to call him out on that. That's a 180, or doggone close to it, okay? And I don't care if you support the president or not. Stand back and tell me that you're not concerned when you hear the president make that kind of change on such a critically important issue of the Second Amendment that he has always supported so strongly to make such a change. Makes me crazy, Alan. Makes yeah. me crazy. And it, you wonder what is influencing him to make these changes. Oh, I think the NRA and uh, conservative members of Congress and, and those who are telling him on the White House staff, this is going to kill you with your base. 
But if that Fox poll is an, at all accurate, the base is largely on board given those percentages among Republicans in gun-owning households of 90 to 93% support for universal background checks, which would mean an enhancement of the level of background checks we now have for gun sales. On the other hand, we have President Trump bashing Fox News polls in the last couple Same of something days. something going on with Fox. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not ready to throw Fox under the bus in that regard. I think there's too many people with integrity over there, Brett Baer and, and the rest of the gang. I'm sorry. I, you know, listen, uh, I mean, you know, if, if, if you can't trust Fox to give you it straight and fair and balanced, I mean, there's absolutely no hope among major media outlets. I'm, I'm not with the president yet on that. A couple of the Fox hosts absolutely have gone off the rails, Shep Smith and, and everybody else. That's a different deal. Um, but the whole network, no, I'm, I'm not there. I'm sorry, Mr. President. I'm with you. I'm on the Trump train, but I have a problem with this change on 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 on, on background checks. You tell me what you think. 407-916-5400. Um, Omar and Tlaib had another news conference yesterday. I think they ought to just shut up. And I've got to tell you, there's a lot of Democrats who feel the same way. We'll get to that as time permits. But you tell me if you don't have an issue with President Trump. I'm looking for Trump supporters here, primarily, like me. Give us the same message week to week on an issue like that, Mr. President. we got to have bedrock from you when it comes to something like the Second Amendment and an issue of universal background checks. Please, got to have it. Is what's bugging the bud man on the President and universal uh, background checks bugging you or not? Let's talk about it. And we will after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines for you right now. Brevard County may move toward banning a controversial environmental practice. Today, the county commission is going to discuss banning biosolids for use as fertilizer. Biosolids are the remnants of treated sewage, and their use as a fertilizer has raised concerns about water pollution. There's a question as to whether a ban is legal, and some farmers disagree that biosolids are causing water pollution. We'll see how it goes. We bring you updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. It's Good Morning Orlando. Alan Spector, Yaffe, and Melissa, along with the Bud Man, who's calling out President Trump for flip-flopping on background checks. Well, he certainly has changed his position in about a week and a half, and that bothers me. Let's go to the phones, and calling in from Orlando is Jill. Good morning, Jill. Hello, sir. Um, Well, here's why background checks are not going to work no matter what. Mentally ill people will find a way to get a gun. I know a person in my family who was Baker-acted three times this past year. And on July 20th, he was able to obtain a gun privately and shot himself. Oh, it's so an awful story. Can I, can I jump in here on, on, on this? The question, though, yep. is the president making such a pronounced change in a week and a half. That's the problem I have. Well, I mean, you know, what, what you said nine days ago, if that's what you believe, that's what you need to say now. Well, okay, but he's making the change because after maybe looking at all the facts, background checks are not going to do anything to mentally ill people who want to get a gun. We have to start by treating the mentally ill and treating them properly first. Well, you know, he's, he's Alan, I hate, I hate to take over your call here, but yeah. I mean, he has talked about gun, 
you know, background checks before, been strong on him after there's been, you know, a, a, a tragedy or something, then he kind of backs away from it. You know, I mean, this president is is known for his strength and for standing rock solid on what he stands for, you know, and, right. and, and a change in nine days. That's not the Trump that that we expect, or at least it's not the Trump I expect. I don't know. Maybe I'm alone on this. Got anybody else out there, Alan? Yeah, we've got uh, Pete calling in from Claremont. Pete, good morning. Good morning, guys. But I, mean, I have I have two points. One, where do we draw the line on mental illness? All right, is someone that just maybe lost a spouse or a parent that is suffering from depression, are we going to block them from buying a firearm? And also, you remember a couple of years ago there was um, uh, a dishonorably discharged um, vet that bought an AR and shot up a church in Texas? Yeah, but Pete, the question... Honorably discharged uh, military are not allowed to buy firearms. Pete, here's no the... No one reported it. Pete, hold so on. Hold on. Place. Hold on. I, I appreciate your views on, on gun control, mental illness, background checks, etc. Our question is, are you concerned about President Trump changing his position 180 degrees on this issue? Background not, checks, actually, Pete. Background he, checks. He said that he would look into it, which is what he has to do. We have laws. Yeah. We have laws now. In states like New York, you cannot purchase a gun privately. Yeah, that okay. is illegal. All right. The, 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 the stance is dramatically different any way you look at it, with all due respect. Gang? Well, I was just going to say on the text line, people are disagreeing with you as well. One person said, I think flip-flop is not correct. Says sometimes changes are made when needed. Says I'm not sure he flip-flopped. He's just waiting for more information. Another one says the same. 45's not flip-flopped. It's simply his communication style when he starts a negotiation. I believe he's signaling he doesn't like the background check idea, though. He was red hot nine days ago. What changed? I mean, you know, I mean, the NRA, we know where they stand. They've been talking to him. We know where some members of Congress stand, but none of that is new. Sounded like the president, once again, and we've heard this before, no matter what anybody says, we need stronger background checks, more comprehensive, and then he's backed away from it. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not in for this president when he, when, he, when, he, what's, when, he, when he shows signs of weakness. I'm sorry. And listen, I'm as on the Trump train as anybody you will find. So rip me if you want to, but if you're honest with yourself, you can't be comfortable with what just happened here with the president on background checks. Do you, I mean, do you want more text ripping? I don't know there's, what I want. I like this one. I like this one. No, I, I want to. I'm, we're going to get on to Talib and Omar mm. here because I <laughs> okay. get them off my chest, or I'll never be able to make it through the day. But we'll <laughs> do that after the news. Anything else we need to know? Any other old business to come before the committee on background uh, checks? No, I think it should be adjourned at this point. Oh, man, the judge oh, man. has spoken. I second. A launch coming up at the Cape this week and an NYPD cop fired over the Eric Garner case. Those stories and others, plus elsewhere and traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 8.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Well, it's about, what, uh, T-minus... Two days, and we might be go for launch at the Cape, Allen. Yeah, it'll be exactly two days coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. A United Launch Alliance is scheduled for its uh, second launch this month, coming up Thursday at Cape Canaveral. Lift off of a Delta IV rocket carrying a GPS navigation satellite planned for 9 a.m. Again, that's Thursday. 
Weather forecasters expect a 70% chance of favorable conditions. Meanwhile, Vice President Mike Pence is chairing a meeting of the National Space Council today at the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. On the agenda, deep space exploration, possible cooperation with international partners, and strengthening U.S. commercial space leadership. The gathering comes as a motley crew of NASA skeptics push an unconventional plan to send Americans back to the moon. Politico reports former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, retired Air Force Lieutenant General Steve Quast, and a former publicist for both Michael Jackson and Prince are pushing a sweepstakes between billionaires Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and others to vie for a chance to establish a lunar base. In Washington, Rachel Sutherland, Fox News. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A day after the two-year anniversary of the deaths of two Kissimmee police officers, the trial of the accused killer began. Jury selection got underway yesterday for Marine veteran Everett Miller. He is charged with the deaths of Sergeant Sam Howard and Officer Matthew Baxter, who were shot and killed while on patrol August 18th of 2017. In New York City, fallout continues following the police commissioner's decision to fire Officer Daniel Pantaleo following the arrest and death of Eric Garner in 2014. Pantaleo was accused of using an illegal chokehold during that arrest. Garner's mother, Gwen Carr, says the fight is far from over. It's just disheartening to go through this. And like we said, we're not finished. We have other officers that we have to go after. Pantaleo's attorney is vowing to take legal action to get his client's job back. The ruling received praise from many local leaders in New York, but was blasted by the head of the police union. We talked about this earlier. We can take calls on it here in our next segment as well as to whether or not the cop should have been fired or not. One notable woman will be absent from an upcoming Florida campaign event for President Trump. The Women for Trump rally will be held Thursday at the Tampa Convention Center. Former Attorney General Pam Bondi and Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway will attend, but the wife of Governor Ron DeSantis will not. A spokeswoman says First Lady Casey DeSantis will defer because there is an execution scheduled that day. Elsewhere. A Utah sports owner paid a lot of money for a dime. The 10 cent piece, an 1894S Barber dime, sold for $1.32 million at a Chicago coin auction. There are only 24 that were ever made, according to Stax Bowers Galleries. The coin was purchased by Del Loy Hansen, who owns the Real Salt Lake soccer team. Hansen is an avid coin collector and is working toward a collection that includes an example of every coin ever made by the U.S. Mint from 1792 to the present. That would be pretty cool. I've got some really old ones. You can barely see anything. They've all gotten worn down from about 1800, but I'm told nothing worth much money, unlike that dime. Sorry, bud. Well, that's the way it is, you know. Well, a man in Alaska went out looking for firewood and came back with a most unusual treasure. Earlier this month, Tyler Ivanov found a bottle that contained a message penned in June of 1959. The message, written in Russian by a ship captain, was translated to read in part, a heartfelt hello from the Russian Far Eastern fleet of Vladivostok. In the note, he listed an address in Russia. Russian state television tracked down the author, Anatoly Botsanenko, who confirmed that he had tossed the message into the sea 60 years ago. Wow. And the reporters who tracked Botsanenko down 
ended their visit by tossing another message in a bottle out to sea. And wait 60 years and see where that one services. And blame it on the Botsinenko. So, and I don't, and Alan, Seriously, I, you got that far and you let him slide with blaming on the <laughs> Botsinenko? No, I should never let him you go. You should have never let him no, go I, that I, one. I, I had a one-track mind because Vladivostok's way off the east, the eastern end of the vast Soviet Union. Where was it tossed into the to the water? Do we know that? Do not know that. We just know where it was found, and okay. that was in Alaska. Okay. All right. Well, maybe along the way we'll get the rest of the story from Alan Spector. Well, <laughs> still stuck on blaming on the Bassano. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Go ahead. But son and go. Yeah. Uh, finally, how about another Florida man story? Sure. Police are looking for a Florida man who attacked a jogger with a sword. This happened in the Broward County town of Oakland Park, where surveillance video shows the altercation beginning when the man and a jogger, uh, between the man and jogger, begins when the jogger tries to take a plastic dump cart that had been thrown out. The man is seen approaching the jogger and then slashing at him with an unsheathed sword before he sees that he's on camera. Later, a woman who police think knows the sword-wielding man is seen taking the cart and yelling at the jogger. There's no word on whether the jogger suffered any injuries. I'm just trying to take this plastic dump cart that somebody threw out, and now this guy has an, a sword... And then his girlfriend shows up and starts yelling at me. Stuff never happens in Kansas, you know. It always happens here. Florida. Find <laughs> more on these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. And once again, officially now, the Elsewhere podcast is available on iHeartRadio. Very big news around here. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. Well, and my problems with the president changing his stance on enhanced background checks. All I want is consistency from our from our leader. That's it. I'm not saying I don't want background checks. That's not the point I am making. But this president knows enough about Second Amendment issues and gun issues and, you know, and where everybody stands that he shouldn't be changing his position that dramatically in a space of a week and a half. Okay, that's the issue I have. We want a little bedrock from this president. Normally we get it. We're not getting it on this issue, and I, and I don't like it. Anyway, uh, what else is bugging me? Well, they're always bugging me. Uh, Omar and Talib from the squad held a news conference yesterday, and I got done with that, and I thought, you know, where is the off switch? Off switch on these two women. And then I thought, that's the last thing I want to find. Because you know what? If you want the president to have a second term, you want them to keep on talking because they are going to become the Democrat Party's worst nightmare. Omar and Talib coming up after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It is joining us headlining this local story, a worker at Orlando International Airport accused of going on a big shopping spree with stolen credits found in a missing purse. Credit cards found in a missing purse left in an airport tram. 32-year-old Leslie Marie Garcia has been charged with fraudulent use of credit cards, unlawful possession of stolen credit cards, and larceny. Garcia allegedly charged thousands of dollars at several different businesses. There was also a $500 gold bracelet in that purse. Updates at least every 10 minutes on the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. 
News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henniger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. What's bugging the Bud Man? Half of the four person squad, these freshmen, left wing women of color in the House of Representatives. Elon Omar and Rashida Tlaib, they held a news conference yesterday. You know the story. They wanted to go over to Israel, and um, President Trump leaned on Netanyahu, uh, who then ultimately said, no, you can't come because these these women, they want to destroy Israel. They hate Israel. They want to um, uh, promote the boycotting and economic destruction of Israel, and by law, we don't have to let them in. So they wouldn't let them in. And they were, you know, they were they were crying and, and, and you know, and they were screaming like stuck pigs. And uh, and it went on and on and on. And then Israel said, well, wait a minute, Rashida, your aging grandma lives in the occupied territories that we took from a couple of Arab countries with victory in the six day war in 1967. You want to go see grandma? That's fine. Well, all of a sudden, then Rashida said, well, no, no, I'm not going to go. You know, and, and this kind of nonsense has been going on, and they're making me crazy, but they're probably the best thing Trump's got going for him and the worst thing the Democratic Party has going for them. Let's listen to a little of that news conference yesterday. Elon Omar, Rashida Tlaib, trashing Trump, Netanyahu, and Israel. The decision to ban me and my colleagues, the first, my colleague, the first two Muslim-American women elected to Congress, is nothing less than an attempt by an ally of the United States to suppress our ability to do our jobs as elected officials. Denying visit to duly elected members of Congress is not consistent with being an ally, it's not consistent with being a democracy. It is unfortunate that Prime Minister Netanyahu has apparently taken a page out of Trump's book and even direction from Trump to deny this opportunity. We are going to fight this administration and the oppressive Netanyahu administration until we take our last breath. By the way, um, the two members of the squad there, their trip was going to be sponsored by MIFTA, which is a nonprofit Palestinian advocacy group um, that is anti-Semitic and has touted memorials for terrorists and supports blowing up innocent civilians and children. Israel doesn't need to let these people in their country, do they? Now, Rashida Tlaib was all excited about going to see Grandma. Turns out she hates Israel more than she loves Grandma, apparently. Here she is emotionally on her decision not to go to Israel. Through tears, at 3 o'clock in the morning, we all decided as a family that... I could not go until I was a free American United States Congresswoman. My grandmother deserved human dignity as much as anyone else does. Okay, so she's not going to Israel. Uh, Alan? Um, <laughs> I'm worn out just listening to all that. Uh, me too. They make me crazy. I'm looking for the off switch, but then I'm thinking if you're a Republican and if you're in the Trump camp here, you don't want the off switch because they're a problem for the Democrat Party. Yeah, if you're a Democrat or a liberal... You're probably thinking, why am I being painted in the same corner with uh, Talib and uh, Omar? Uh, you know, they now are all you see, it seems like, when you turn on the TV, if you turn on the news, as far as the Democratic Party, it's like these two are who you see. You don't see Joe Biden or Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, yeah. Kamala Harris. The concentration should be on the presidential race. Instead, the focus is on them. 
And I would think Democrats would want perhaps Nancy Pelosi or somebody to rein in these folks and say, sit them down and say, hey, you know, the objective here is is not to, you know, yeah. Well, you can't you can't do that, or you get branded as racist by AOC. Speaking yeah. of the rest of the squad, right, Yaffe? I mean, I give the squad credit for one thing: they are very good at getting attention to themselves. You know, they're similar to Trump in that way. Trump's really good at getting attention on himself. The best. The squad's really good at that, but a lot of people on the left are getting wary of them. Yesterday, I played comments from Bill Maher. You know, calling them out because he's way out there. Yeah, and Bill Maher's upset at their take on Israel. So I mean, it shows that there's a lot of people not happy with them. Trump's trying to brand them as the face of the Democrat Party. They're so extreme, and they're they're helping him do it. Yeah, that's why I don't necessarily want the off switch, even though they drive us crazy. Um, In a moment, four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred. If you want to react quickly to all of this with the two members of the squad and our take on it. And our uh, text line is 23680. Right after an update on Orlando's news, weather and traffic. We'll do that a final time in two minutes. Good morning, Orlando. Headlines right now, locally, and strike one for the good guys. A homeowner credited with stopping a possible burglary up in Volusia County. While the unidentified man and his wife were sleeping yesterday morning, police say Felipe Silva entered their home and went into their bedroom. Well, the man woke up, grabbed a gun, and held Silva until deputies arrived. Nobody hurt, and Silva, who claimed he was at the wrong house, was taken into custody. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. Listen to us anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Search WFLA Orlando. All right, the news conference. Omar and Tlaib yesterday. Thoughts on it? from Doug as he joins us on the phone. Good morning, Doug. Welcome in from Orlando. Hey, good morning, man. I think Ms. Omar is trying to reestablish the same restrictive lifestyle that she left. You have uh, one of the girls that is affected by Sharia law has a commentary. It's Daniel Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google. And the picture of the hand over the glass, captioned, Police Admit, you drive to 3940, says, There's instances when I struggle. Depends how strong you are to resist high school goal target for marketing by the two older females in town she calls to producers and needs to beeline it out of town. The producers kept this in mind. After this, uh, you're forced into marriage with these guys. Says if you stop by, there's very little chance we'll interact with one another. All right. I, I recorded these guys saying they were going to arrange for Trump to be president to cover all this stuff up. I had breakfast with uh, his helicopter pilot, a friend of his at uh, Dunkin' Donuts, West Milford, New Jersey, July 16th. Yeah. And, um, we're talking about how much he was going to spend to be president, and he's looking for those digital recordings now. Okay. I recorded a judge asked for. Uh, uh, Doug, Jesus. Doug, you're taking me a little far afield. Doug, 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 you're taking me too far afield. I wanted your take on Talib and Omar in the news conference and the off switch, but I couldn't find yours, sir. With all due respect, I got to cut you loose right now. But thanks for listening and for calling couple of textures as we wrap things up here, gang. What do you see here? This is interesting. Uh, yeah, one person says, my wife heard this whole thing about Tlaib, and she said that Trump now has the vote of every mother's who's ever had to deal with childish nonsense like that. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Another one said, after Tlaib said she wanted to go to Israel, got permission and refused, and then Trump tweets that the only winner is her grandmother, who doesn't have to see her now. Yeah. Oh, that, that was that was classic Trump. It really was. Yep. 
Man, oh, man, where did the three hours go? But we'll have another three tomorrow morning. We hope you'll be with us. For Alan, for Yaffe, for Melissa, the Budman. Great to be back with you this morning. Thanks to Yaffe yesterday for hosting. Catch him on the ride home for PM Orlando, 5 to 6. See you tomorrow. God bless you and God bless America.